Coming to you from the breakfast taco capital of the world, it's the most unique hour of sports talk streaming worldwide. Worldwide. And beyond. And beyond. Live from the Alamo City, it's the Two Shots Podcast, hosted by Joe Garcia. Well, we're here again for another episode of the Two Shots Podcast, and we're going to be joined by our co-host here. We're going to be joined by the lovely Chelsea Torres. Chelsea, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great, Chelsea, especially now that you've graced us with your presence, you know? (laughs) I'm sure nobody cares. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Joe. Yeah, and we're going to be joined by the one and only Wesley Perkins. Wesley, how's your day been going? It's going great. Expecting the rain, right? It feels like it's so humid and muggy outside, uh, almost like we can float in the air or something. You know what's crazy? Lots of water coming. As humid as it is here... I wonder if it's even worse over where Chelsea's at in Corpus. Oh. You know what's funny is, so I wore my glasses all day today. Every single day or every single time I stepped out of my car or stepped out of the house or out of the building, my glasses fogged up completely. <laughs> so it's one of those days for sure here. <laughs> those those are, are geek problems because most of us yes, do wear glasses. Absolutely. You know, and every time we step out of the car or even you step out of your house and right away, whoop, they fog up and you're mm-hmm. like, darn it. You know, what are you going to do? And then I, I'm so blind. So even when I take my glasses off, I can't see where I'm going. So this morning I was walking into the building and somebody I knew was waving at me and they called my name and I'm like, hi, sorry, I can't see you because <laughs> I don't have my glasses on. Sorry. Chelsea's going to be all, can I'm I feel your lie. face? Can I feel I your li- face? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Y'all. I, I literally in the last two weeks have walked into a wall twice with my coffee and spilled it down my front because oh. my glasses fog up. I'm oh my gosh. Long. See, yeah. the problem for us. That's called old people problems right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Old yeah. people. Problems. I'm sure there's something that can go ahead and help us with our glasses not fogging up. So I'll have to look it up because I remember there was a trick or something. I think it was uh dryer sheets. You know, you kind of rub oh. those on the glasses <laughs> and because it's like uh keeps away static, it, it keeps the glass or the plastic from fogging up. I'm not sure how, well that works but i'm gonna check it out maybe that might be an easy fix so all right we should all try it as a science experiment right yeah. reconvene kind of yes. like a bill nye kind of thing yes <laughs> see who it is while eating a tide pod oh no wes <laughs> come on now no Just no we, do yeah don't do that <laughs> don't do that but let's go ahead and talk about some san antonio spurs basketball get that right out of the way the Spurs cut one Luka Simonich, who was their first round pick, and he was the 19th pick. You know, it's like, man, that, that one was, I wasn't sh- completely shocked by it, but I mean, he was picked 19th overall in the 2019 draft, you know? They gave him a couple seasons, tried to see what the kid could do, looked great when he was in, you know, playing with the Austin G League, the Austin Spurs team, but he just never... transitioned into the type of player that the Spurs wanted you know he always kind of looked like um he wasn't like he wasn't disinterested he just looked like he was never fully interested unless he was actually playing a good game he would get discouraged very easily put his head down you know sulking his shoulders and you you can't have that happen you know you're working with the kid you're hoping for the best he's coming from you know the Euro League and that takes some time to get, you know, get him used to the Spurs style of basketball. But the kid just didn't look good, not even in preseason. He wasn't getting a lot of minutes. And then the minutes that he would get, 
he just didn't look like very good. And then I think the nail and the coffin was the last the last play that he that he was going to play as a San San Antonio Spur was. They showed it up on social media and he just kind of like gave up on the play. You know, he was trying to chase down, you know, his his a his defender, you know, and just kid just got away from the open court. He was just making a beeline to the rim and Luca could have chased him down, at least make some effort, you know, but he just gave up on the play. And I was like, man, I wonder what that's going to signal. And sure enough, right the next day, it's announced with the Spurs went ahead and cut Luca. And then Tom Orsborne from the San Antonio express news wrote a headline about him, an article and says he was a bust. I don't know if I'm ready to give him that acronym that he is a certified NBA bust. Maybe he finds another home with another team somewhere. He can still make a go of it, maybe still have an NBA career. I mean, I think the kid still has some potential, but he just didn't work with the Spurs. I think it was time. I'm glad they parted ways. Chelsea, what did you think about the Spurs parting ways with Luca? Um, well, I mean, you're obviously right on all of that, right? I, I don't know if it was necessarily disinterest. And yes, I haven't watched a full every single season, uh, every single preseason game that there's been so far. Um, but I think just watching him play, knowing that he didn't get as many minutes and then he didn't, he just really lacked that intensity. And I almost wonder if this was something that, you know, Pop's been doing this for how many years now? So he sees something in a lot of these players when he's with them every single day. So I think there was something there already that probably showed the fact why he was getting a certain amount of minutes each game. Um, but then, of course, when he comes out and shows that lack of intensity, not as aggressive, not really playing his role properly, um, I think that has a lot to do with it. I wouldn't go as far to say he's a bust. He's only 19 years old, right? Yeah. Or is that 21? 21, 21. 21. So, I mean, it, I think it's too early to say. It could have just been maybe he's not the right fit. Uh, uh, but as for the Spurs, you know, this is what happens. It's the NBA. I also saw some critiques about, you know, oh, well, he wasn't given the chance or uh, maybe he didn't earn it, whatever. You know, the way I see it, you made it to the NBA. You're on... <laughs> you're in the big leagues now. So you need to do your part. You need to play your role. You, this is your job. This is literally your job. So is he a bust? I wouldn't go that far, but um, I don't think it's necessarily the worst idea that the Spurs had so far. Yeah. So what about you, Wesley? What are your, what are your thoughts on the Spurs parting ways with one Lucas Samanic? What do you think this signals for the team as far as the direction that they want to go in? Well, I think it signals two things. Number one, I, I just wonder how much of this Joe and Chelsea is because the, the kid saw the moves the Spurs made. You know, his heart wasn't into it. He felt like they were going to give up on him from the get-go because, you know, they, they go out and acquire, you know, big men over the, you know, in, in free agency and, and also in uh, via trade. Uh, you know, I mean, but that doesn't excuse that to, to, to not have the, the effort. I mean, and like like you said, Joe, you know, the final play there against Orlando, you know, not only did he turn the ball over, but he's not chasing down his defender. He doesn't try to make a play. You know, you go up and try to block that shot or you take that goaltend or, or whatever. And, and uh, you, you know, you give that effort. That's just not a Spurs way. And, and I know it's been a couple of years since the Spurs have been in a, in a winning way, in a winning basketball um, situation. But this is still a championship level organization of which there you just don't do that. And I, and I mean that by in the sense that, they're never going to set their sights on anything other than trying to be a championship organization. And so you don't build that by, 
giving lax effort by not taking advantage. I, I was thinking about this on the car ride home today from work, and I, and I thought to myself, you know, think about how many players the Spurs have had just on a short time frame, you know, whether they were picked up in the playoffs, whether they were picked up over, you know, a, a quarter or half of the season gone, that have come in for this team over all of, the, all of these years and contributed. Contributed, maybe they only get 10, 15 minutes, but they give you max effort and they provide something that lifts the team. You know, I, I would say that Luca is a bust. Uh, and, and I would say that only because to me, if you drafted a kid at 19 is, you know, six picks out of the lottery, you expect that he's going to give you the type of, you know, honest to God, you know, effort that you would expect out of a player of his age, regardless of whether he makes mistakes. That's, you know, that's neither here nor there. But the fact of the matter is, is that number one, he didn't develop. Number two, his mindset seemed to be one of, like you said, Joe, and, and you said Chelsea as well, that he was going to hang his head or he wasn't going to be, you know, a, a person that could be counted upon at a, at a particular time to just, you know, relish those minutes, relish the time that you got. And, and like Chelsea said, it's his job. I mean, your job is to be an NBA basketball player, regardless of whether or not you get the amount of minutes that you want, you know, pouting or not giving your, your max effort is just not okay. Um, you know, I, I, I really... I think the kid could do something. I, I honestly think that he's not going to be a, an NBA player. I really think that. I think he's going to go back to Europe. I think he'll probably flourish there. Maybe we'll see him in the league again soon, uh, you know, in the next five to ten years. But I, I have a feeling that his time in the NBA is probably done for a little while. Yeah, and just going back to that 2019 draft class, looking at seeing uh, what was available. You know, at number 19, of course, we know the Spurs went ahead and drafted Luka, but you also had Matisse Thybul. You know, drafted number twenty with the with the Celtics. You had the Brandon Clark that was drafted twenty one uh, by OKC. Again, the Celtics they drafted Grant Williams. You had uh, Darius Baisley, you know, who was drafted by the Jazz at twenty three. Ty Jerome drafted twenty four by the seventy sixers. You had Nasir Little draft, drafted twenty five uh, by the Trailblazers. I mean, and then of course at twenty nine Spurs. Found a diamond in the rough there. You know, they kind of lucked out and they they got themselves Keldon Johnson. So not all is lost with that 2019, you know, their their draft picks from 2019. It just doesn't work out all the time. You know, and that's the thing with the NBA draft. You're kind of taking a gamble on a lot of these players. Just because they're a high pick doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to trans translate well at the NBA level or they're, they're going to be a great fit for your particular team. I think that in this situation, I honestly believe that it's just Luca not being a great fit for the San Antonio Spurs. I really do hope he finds a home somewhere else. I wish him the best. This kid's still young, 21 years old. He's still got a lot of basketball left in him. You just wish him the best, and hopefully, you know, he can go ahead and make a go of it with another with another NBA franchise. But there's some notes here that I'd like to go ahead and uh, point to. The Spurs do have their last preseason game coming up here. This Friday, October the 15th at 7.30 p.m. against the Houston Rockets. So I expect, I fully expect, you know, to for this to be almost handled like a regular season game. Maybe we're going to see Pop kind of roll out maybe what the starting five will look like on opening day. You know, maybe they'll get some, some decent minutes and, of course, he'll probably wind up shutting them down. Doesn't want to, you know, get any of the starters injured. And, you know, and, and I, I would actually expect him to go ahead and give some of the younger players 
some run, you know, and, and if they win, they win. If they don't, they don't. I don't think that's the focus. He just wants to see kind of what the other players can do at this point because you are going to still have to, to cut another person, you know. And in my opinion, I think that person might be uh, Aminu, you know. So he hasn't played in any of the games, really. He's only played in one out of the four uh, preseason games, and he only played for about 10 minutes and 27 seconds, something like that. So he's not getting a lot of minutes just like Luca, and that's to me a little concerning. Maybe the Spurs aren't really high on him, and they, I, I, maybe they're going to go ahead and wind up cutting him, you know? You got to let somebody go, and I, I think at this point they're looking at Drew Eubanks, you know, and you're not going to want to cut him because he's worked on his shot, you know, he's a hard worker, and he gives you a lot of energy, you know, and he knows the system. He can still, you know, produce for you. I don't think they're going to go ahead and go that route. Some Spurs fans have said that. I don't believe that's the route they'll go. I think Amino is the guy that would probably wind up getting the cut. Um, we'll see what happens, and we'll hear something, I'm sure, uh, shortly. Maybe right after the game on Friday or on Saturday. Uh, the Spurs have waved so-and-so, you know. So I expect that to come down the pipe. But a big news, too, is that the Spurs are going to have the silver and black scrimmage. The silver and black scrimmage has been MIA for almost two seasons because of COVID. This is a big deal for Spurs fans. They get to actually see the Spurs go at it. You know, that's why they have the silver and the black team. You know, you get to see the full squad going at each other. It's a great time for Spurs fans. You can't beat dollar beer night. They have like dollar, I think, hot dogs and dollar uh, sodas and stuff like that. Spurs fans get like 25% off at the fan shop. You know, and it's just a good way for everybody to come out, see the young team, see what they have, you know, and, and really it's a place where Spurs fans congregate and they say hi to one another. It's almost like family. You know, everybody's seen each other for so many years. It's good to catch up with one another. You see people in passing, see some of the super fans there. You might want to go ahead and take a picture with them. It's a great, you know, gathering of, of Spurs fans. And I really missed it, you know, so I'm looking forward to maybe partaking of that on, on Wednesday. I know that they open the doors at 6, and I believe the game's going to tip off at 7 or 7.30. So that's going to be great to, to see that come back. Um, what do you think, West? Are you going to go? Or are you not going to go? You're just going to watch the stream? Yeah, I'll probably end up watching the stream some. I, I, I can't make it because I'm, I'm rehearsing that night, getting ready for big contests coming up with, with uh, my band program. But uh, but I, th- I, do, I do think it's such, a, such an amazing event i mean i agree with you joe it's just a lot of fun you know uh over the years that you know again like you said it's 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 cheap beverages and and cheap hot dogs free parking but it's you know it's free and open oh yeah that's that's a big one right uh but it's also just like i I think more than than ever right i mean right now i know spurs fans are kind of down they're saying oh we have no chance playoffs this team blah 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 i i feel the opposite and i know chelsea and joe i I'm sure y'all feel the same way. I this young team, they're going to take their lumps, sure, but this is going to be a fun team to watch. They are going to put out a lot of energy night to night, and I, I just I can't wait to see who steps up. Who's going to be the team now? Who's going to be the the team leader now? Who's going to be the one that steps up in the scoring ranks? Who's who's the leading three point shooter? I mean, in years past, we've talked about you know, well, it's going to be Demar and then whoever comes along. Well, that's not anymore. These young guys get a chance to show out, and and I, you know, if I had a chance to go to it, I I certainly would. But uh, it's a great event. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. What about you, Chels? Are you going to catch the stream? Maybe. 
I will definitely catch the stream. I wish I could uh, come in town for it. That would be pretty badass. But you know what I find really exciting about this is that I, because like Wesley said, like we've talked about before, because this is such a young team, I'm excited for them to actually see what Spurs fans are all about. So maybe this is kind of like their first chance, you know, Spurs fans can come in, you get, you're going to have a multitude of types of fans that are going to come. The ones who are obviously the diehards, the biggest fans, maybe even Spurs and Jesus will be there. Who knows? But you're also going to get the families that are going to come out that may not be able to go out to the regular game throughout the season, um, whether because of timing, prices, whatever. So I hope that this will kind of, you know, give some confidence to the young team and be like, damn, this is, this is what San Antonio is about. And these are who our fans are and this is who we play for. So I imagine it'll be a good turnout. At least I hope it is. Oh, yeah. It's always a good turnout. And, you know, the thing is, is that they say first come, first serve. But there's tricks. I know where to get some good seats and not have to fight everybody because everybody's silly. Let's put it like that. When they get inside the AT&T Center, you see people pushing and making a beeline to go to their favorite spots. They want to go into the lower bowl. And I'm just like, it's free and open to the public. No matter where you're sitting, you're going to probably be in that lower bowl, it's, you're going to get a good view of the court. It's dollar beer night. You know, again, emphasis, it's dollar beer night. Where do you think me, Chelsea, and Wesley will be at if it's dollar beer night? <laughs> you know, come on. By the bar. <laughs> By the bar. <laughs> we'll be watching it on a little screen somewhere. You know, so, I mean, it's just hey, I'm, a fun I'm event. I'm Joe, man. I'm, I'm going to go sit up in the upper deck in the first row and stretch out, man. I'm going to oh, be like, a, you my. know, right at the bottom of that second. You know, why not? Or better yet, like they can all go down to the lower bowl. I'll, I'll go find a suite that's open. Yeah, if you could get into the suite, now that would be something because they got free booze in there. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, all sorts of great food there too. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and switch topics here, and we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about some Monday night football. I mean, this Colts and Ravens game was wild, man. The Colts were up on the Ravens. I think they were, what, they were up like 12 to 6 going into what the, I believe it was the third quarter, right? And I'm looking at the the, the points that they scored per quarter. In the first quarter, the Ravens were up on the Colts 7 to 0. In the second quarter, both teams scored a field goal. So it means that the, the Colts went into halftime leading the Ravens 10 to 3, you know? In the third quarter, they were leading them 12 to 6. In the fourth quarter, they were up 15 to 6. And then that's when the wheels came off and you had Lamar Jackson going Super Saiyan and just taking this team on his shoulders. And damn it, man, they had a miraculous comeback. They go into overtime and they wind up beating the Colts, who just pulled the biggest choke job, I think, of the NFL season. The final score, 31 to 25. I mean, did you watch this game, Chelsea? I watched most of it. Um, this is the thing though. I have Lamar Jackson as my quarterback on my oh, team. Oh man, there you go. <laughs> so, he gave me obviously the highest points of so far this season. 41 points, at least in our league. I mean, he had four touchdowns over 400 yards passing. It's just, I, you can't get better than that. The only problem that I have though with my team is that I also had the Ravens defense and <laughs> <laughs> the kicker. So, yeah. you know, it didn't really end up as great, but, um, Needless to say, I was happy by the end of the night. <laughs> I bet you were very happy. I mean, it was it was just a wild game because I'm like, this cannot happen. Like, this is not going to happen, you know. But lo and behold, I mean, I guess that was that's probably why the the Colts were one and three 
Now they are one and four after this loss against the Ravens. Ravens are looking great at four and one, you know? So Lamar Jackson, dude, I mean, what a hell of a quarterback, you know? Uh, Wesley, what, what did you think about the game? Well, first of all, the Ravens are getting to be must-see TV, aren't they? You know, you had very dramatic. Uh, the sixty-six-yard, yeah. Well, you had the sixty-six-yard field goal that doinked in not too long <laughs> ago, right? And I, you know, I have to mention this. I know it's a little off-topic, but do you know that the longest field goal in history belongs to Abilene Christian University, sixty-nine-yard field goal? You oh, have to wow. look that up. That that is true. Uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, you you had that long field goal a few weeks ago, and now you had superhero. You know, Lamar Jackson just going off. Uh, you, you know, I, I think that this just cements the fact that Lamar Jackson is a superstar quarterback, as if people didn't know that before. But it's always been that argument about him is like, well, is he really an elite passer? Well, is he, you know, does he truly have the same skill set that a, a Mahomes or that, you know, Brady or, you know, I, I just don't think that you can put a quarterback like him into a bracket. He is just a complete quarterback. He, you know, if you try to, Take away his passing lanes. He's going to run the ball on you, and he's going to he can give you give you over 100 yards a game. You know, the the stat last night that was insane: 85 percent completions, 85 percent completion rate. So you want to tell me that Lamar Jackson isn't elite as an elite passer? Anybody say that now? Is that that's just ridiculous? 400 yards, as you said, four touchdowns. It, it's it's one of those things now that the Ravens, you know. I know that they're in games that they, you know, in tight games that we kind of look at and say, I don't know that you should be that close to the Colts. But, I mean, that's what football is all about. Any given day, right? I mean, you know, it's not like the Colts aren't a professional football team. It's just, you know, they haven't had the success in the win column. But that was a heck of a game. Um, and I'll be honest, just as a general whole, the NFL this year has had some really fun games to watch. There have been some really cool matchups and some great nail biters uh, all the way to the end, some overtime stuff. Although I have to disagree with you, Joe, the biggest choke job was probably the Bengals over the weekend, missing what like five field goals, oh, any one of which against Green Bay. Been, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it, it's it's close. I mean, this is kind of a close second, but uh, yeah. No, I, I think you have to give props to the Ravens and Lamar Jackson is just something else. I mean, it's really a fun fun player to watch. Yeah. So kudos to Chelsea here who got some much needed fantasy football points. Maybe she'll be at the at the tops of her league uh, pretty soon with that little boost there, Chelsea. I, I wouldn't get too excited about that. I had a pretty <laughs> rough start. So <laughs> I'm just hoping Lamar and the rest of my team can kind of keep this going. <laughs> yeah. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about something weird that was going on, too. During Monday Night Football, you know, we're all watching this and we're being entertained. Then all of a sudden, you know, you get breaking news and it has to do with the Raiders coach, John Gruden. You know, I'm like... It, it, it comes to light that way back in 2011, when he was an ESPN analyst, he, in an email, they were, you know, kind of, I guess the NFL was doing an investigation and they were pulling all these emails. And in the emails, uh, he was using homophobic, racist, misogynistic language in the emails when he was working for one ESPN. I mean, this was way back in 2011. I get that, you know, and at the end of the day, it's not a good look for the Raiders organization. And, I'm, you know, as soon as this came to light, they said that the owner, you know, the Raiders owner just went in there and had a, you know, a one-on-one -on -one with John Gruden. And what came out of that is John Gruden decided to go ahead and resign. I'm sure the conversation was either, we're going to go ahead and fire you or we're going to go ahead and let you resign. 
out of respect so you can you know for for you so he goes ahead and resigns I, I think at this point John Gruden's coaching career is pretty much done you know I don't think he's going to wind up getting a job as an analyst not anytime soon uh coaching for another team is probably out of the question because they're not going to want to deal with this you know PR nightmare you know public relations nightmare um but the the thing is is that he gets he resigns because of these these you know the language that he used, right? Misogynistic, homophobic, and racial uh, language that he used in his emails. But this kind of language is common amongst NFL coaches. It's not just John Gruden. It's a slew of other coaches that still think and talk like this, you know? So the mindset is what I'm getting at is, should it change, you know? Should this signal a change for other coaches, you know, like, this type of behavior is not okay. You know, like you shouldn't talk this way, you know, because you're representing more than just yourself. You're representing the 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 brand, you know, the 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 NFL franchise that you're working for, you know? So words mean something, in other words. So you got to be careful what you're saying when you're emailing somebody or even talking on the phone and you're at work. You know, you're in a in a pay, in a place where you're paid to be a professional. You should kind of conduct yourself that way you know it's like it, it's crazy to think the way that people are you know as far as them just hey this is who i am i'm being myself i'm at work blah 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 you know but everything we do nowadays they can screenshot it you know it, it's going to be out there for everyone to see so in the end somebody's watching you 24 7 you know and i bet you all the other coaches in the nfl right now are kind of nervous because i've seen a lot of memes funny memes of, of you know them showing that the guy from uh, the, the old movie Airplane Sweating, and it says all NFL coaches looking at their emails, or they're like, hey, they're going to be talking to the IT guy who they always talk bad about behind his back. Hey, buddy, <laughs> you know, can you can you delete some of these emails from way back when? Um, it, it's funny to think of it, think of it that way, but it's not funny in, in the way that this came to light, you know. So, Chelsea, what did you think about this? This was just crazy. You know, at first when I heard about it, I thought, is this cancel culture again, you know, kind of getting the best of people. But then you actually go in, you know, read, I'm not saying read the emails, but read a little bit more of the reports and kind of what's coming out. And yeah, it's obviously not right. You know, I think we've come so far just in the past 10 years when these emails were first written and sent um, of kind of what's actually not okay to say to people. And you got to watch what you say. And I think what is very interesting about this and how you mentioned other coaches are kind of watching their emails. What I had read is that there were 650,000 emails that the NFL had researched. Oh my. So what I'm curious about is what else are they going to find from any other coaches, any other staff members in the NFL that is also going to prompt the same result. And in the end, you know, it's, it's good riddance because you're weeding out what needs to be done, right? We, we don't need to keep moving forward in this society of knowing that saying these things is okay because it's not, it's really not okay. And it's now just kind of changing that culture. And that's where we're getting at. It's a changing society. That's what we've, like I said, that's what we've really learned in the past 10 years is that we're changing society and what is not okay to say anymore. So it's tough. You know, I was a Gruden fan. I really liked a lot of his analyst work. Um, as a coach, obviously, I didn't really care so much. But his analyst work, I at least paid attention to. So um, I don't know. It's 
it's, I don't, I can't really say it's a bad thing, but it's, you know, not the greatest thing either, just because it's kind of sad to see a coach that has that kind of tenure um, have to go this way. But again, it's, you have to set an example moving forward. So, yeah, you know, one of the weird things that happened too not weird, but it was, it was to be expected, I guess, the Bucks organization, you know, Gruden used to coach them years ago, and he actually took them to their first, uh, you know, NBA Super, I mean, NBA NFL Super Bowl, and they won the whole thing. You know, the Bucks won a Super Bowl under Gruden, and now the Bucks released a statement saying that they're going to go ahead and remove Gruden uh, from the Bucks Ring of Honor after those hateful emails were exposed. And what they said is, while they're going to recognize what he did for the team and helping them win a Super Bowl. They feel that, you know, with these emails coming to light, that he no longer deserves that spot in the Ring of Honor, you know. So they're going to remove him from that Ring of Honor status, you know. So it's like, wow, not only did he what he said affected what he was doing with the Raiders, but now it's having other ramifications in other, you know, uh, let's say franchises that he worked with, you know. So that's it's just, you know, at the end of the day, I don't believe that he saw this coming. You know, or that he ever thought that these emails would come to light, but they did. Uh, Wesley, what were your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I, I just, I hate to say this in such a blunt manner, but wrong is wrong. You know, I mean, there is no gray area here. You, you, uh, to say what Chelsea said earlier about being a professional, and, and that was in regard to, to Luca, you know, in a much different way, it's, it's kind of the same thing here. You have a responsibility to, to hold yourself in a higher stature than to stoop to that level. And this kind of goes back to that invincibility, you know, feeling that sometimes we see more often than not in society where people get in emails and they think, well, it's, it's truly private. It's, it's just me, right? Or they, you know, social media especially, you know, it's my, it's my place. It's my chance to, to lash out. It's my place to, to say what I want to say. And, you know, to be honest, Words, as you all said, words mean something. It's not just like you can't roll this back. It's not like you can say, oh, my bad. You know, I really didn't mean any of that. And I have a feeling we're going to we haven't seen the last of this. You know, I know in reading parts of this as well, and I'm still discovering parts of this this afternoon. um, This had to do also with the investigation through the Washington football team. Right. And so there's a lot of people calling on what what is to be found, because, you know, don't quote me on this, that it was to, to Daniel Snyder, but that was kind of the insinuation is that there were the higher ranking people within the Washington organization that were receiving some of these emails. You know, what was said back? You know, th- that's really the question is, and it's not like you're looking for to, to go on a witch hunt, but at the same token, as you said, Joe, what's next? Because at this point, I, I think this is a good positive step to have a zero tolerance policy for not only the NFL, but a, a, a way to follow this going forward to say, we're just not going to tolerate that. You're not going to have disparaging remarks about, you know, people and, and, and just the, the, the verbiage and think that it's just, well, it's okay because it was in an email. Nothing's ever truly private. We know that. We know that. Once it's said, once it's stated, once it's out there, once it's sent, it is no longer in your hands. And thus, if you didn't mean something or you didn't want to say that, you shouldn't have said it at all. You sure. know, isn't it the old adage? I mean, growing up as a, you know, a youngster having a, a father who was a, a preacher growing up, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. 
And I just look at that and say, I, I can't feel sorry for a guy like Gruden. I, I can respect what he had done prior to this. And, you know, knowing full well that this is years ago, I, I can't feel any pity for that because he knew what he had said. He knew that he sent that out there. He knew that these things were being looked at. And at some point, yeah, you're right. He might have been blindsided by it now, but you don't just forget about that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I just, that's the kind of thing that you just don't say and go, well, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I just, you know, I, I was a little different back then. No, I'm sorry. The, the modern times being what they are and advancements being what they are and our, and our world advancing as it is, even, even then, even when I was a child, you know, th- that's just not the kind of thing you do. You don't do that kind of thing. And I, I'm sorry, as an adult, he, you know, I, I hate to say it, we, we all make mistakes. Sure. You know, um, I know we, we all sin and do things that we're not proud of, but at the same token, this is one of those that as a public official, somebody who had a, a high regarding job as both an analyst and is also a head coach in the NFL, you're leading men and women in a, a great capacity to have change, to have good, good positive reinforcement, and you chose that route. Yeah, I, I don't think he's ever going to get a job in the NFL, nor do I think he's going to get one in, in, in any kind of TV ever again. I think that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised a, a bit if the NFL came out and banned him for life, um, or, you know, or just to, just maybe to set that example of this is not going to be the type of thing that can be tolerated ever yeah. in this industry. Yeah. So in other words, be kind to one another, you know, choose your words carefully because they, they do matter and they hurt just as bad as anything else, you know, so be kind to one another. And moving on here, we're actually going to go ahead and talk about the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I know I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. Wesley's a Dallas Cowboy fan. Chelsea is a Dallas Cowboy fan. So I, I kind of ran a poll and the overwhelming response was this. I asked the question, okay, right now the Cowboys are on a four-game winning streak, right? They're looking great. Dak looks great compared to where he was a season ago. Coming back from that horrific injury, there were a lot of questions about Dak, even watching, what was it, uh, Hard Knocks on HBO. You saw the horrible scars on his ankle, you know, from the surgeries. More than one, he had two surgeries, you know, and then you just see him working out and trying to get back into the swing of things. And lo and behold, he comes out, looks great against the Bucks. You know, of course, they leave too much time on the clock and they can't beat the GOAT, Tom Brady, you know. So if they could have beat Tom Brady the, right now, the Cowboys would be undefeated. You know, they'll be winning five games in a row. So they're four and one right now. They're in the tops of their division, the NFC East. I asked the question, are the Cowboys for real? Are the Cowboys for real? And the overwhelming response from Cowboys Nation, the Cowboy faithful, was yes, you should jump on that train. You should jump on that bandwagon. You know, things that happened in the past were in the past. This is a different team. They're well balanced on defense and an offense. And I'm like, but their schedule's about to get a little tougher here. You know, they're going to start to play some teams that are kind of tough to win against, especially on the road, you know? And to me, just going by history, it's hard for me to break away from that moniker of, we've been here before. We've seen this before. You know, I want to see them finish the season strong. I want to see them go to the playoffs and actually win. You know, I don't want to be disappointed anymore, Chelsea and Wesley. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and ask you, Chelsea, and you let me know what you're feeling. What are your thoughts? Are the Cowboys for real? Absolutely. Absolutely. There you go. Okay. 
here's why that we know that they're for real this year, right? It's because I have to say it, defense wins championships, right? And our defense looks so freaking good right now. And that's something that we haven't seen, especially with Demarcus Lawrence out with a broken foot. And we're able to capitalize on the rest of defense right now. I mean, Trevon Diggs is just helping us out. He has, what, six interceptions? Am I right on that? Um, Ten interceptions so far total. It's just defense looks so good. And then obviously it helps that Dak is just – Connecting completely. We have a great run game. He's throwing bombs. Everybody's connecting. Everything is working the way it should right now. And I think as long as that momentum keeps up, um, I fully see us winning on the road in Gillette Stadium on Sunday against Belichick. I, I don't see why we should lose that game. Um, I know that we haven't played besides Tampa. We haven't necessarily played, you know, the greatest of teams, but the way that we're playing, I still see us having a winning season and going, making a pretty deep playoff run. That's that's what I see as of right now. So you're saying vamos para la Super Bowl, huh, what, uh, Chelsea? <laughs> yes. There we go. Oh, my God. <laughs> Super Bowl contenders. <laughs> I heard it all now. So, Wesley, are we going to the Super Bowl? Are the Cowboys for real? You know, I have to agree with Chelsea. Um, I, I really think they are, uh, and part of the, part of the thing is, as she, she mentioned about defense, but you know, they did this with players playing out of position. Let's think about that for a moment. You know, you, you literally had Micah Parsons going to play defensive end and we know he's a talent, but he's a rookie. You know, you're not supposed to be able to get that from a rookie. You're not supposed to be able to put him at the edge and say, Hey, change positions real quick. And let's, let's just keep this thing rolling. Um, I think one of the more positive outlooks to think about is that they're about to get players back from injury and, and big players back from injury um, here soon enough. You know, and, and so as that occurs, as you start to get some of your depth back and some of your starters back, the pressure that has already been pretty high on some of the players that have had to do more than they've been doing over the past two or three or four seasons is going to lessen. Now you're going to have a more balanced team. Um, I, you know, the, one of the things that I look at in the Cowboys offense, I just keep saying this, is that how do you stop this team? They're the second leading rushing team. And let's be honest, if they had run the ball against Tampa even a little bit, I mean, I, I thought that game plan that they made against Tampa was brilliant. I'm not criticizing. But if they had run the ball just a little bit, they, they're the leading rushing team in the NFL. But they're number two right now in the NFL in rushing. You, you shut down Zeke, okay, great, Tony Pollard goes off. You shut down both of those guys and load up. Um they have maybe the best collective set of wide receivers in the NFL. And something that doesn't get a lot of play right now is their two tight ends. You know, Blake Jarwin and, and Dalton Schultz are both just extremely, extremely reliable and make timely plays um, to help this football team. And, you know, I think for Dak Prescott, you know, this was something very interesting, I thought, you know, that he mentioned that early on in the game he was in the fog, that he literally was thinking about the – the injury and, and the fact that it was a year removed and that he's sitting there playing the same team that that was against and looking across and seeing the same player that that, that happened against. And how could you not? No matter what, you know, you're, you're trying to face it, but this is kind of your last hurdle. And my gosh, just to see how he played, you know, to see what they did in that second half. I, I just, you know, yeah, schedule is always going to be a consideration. Any team in the NFL can, can up and beat you in any given week. Um, They've got the Chiefs coming up here soon enough. The Chiefs are kind of a wounded animal. They're going to be dangerous. I'll be honest, Chelsea and, and Joe both. I, you know, 
Going to Gillette, this just feels like a trap game to me. This one feels like the one that they probably should win. You got a two and three New England Patriots team. But seeing how the Pat, the Pats played against the Bucks, and I know, I know it's Tom Brady versus his old team and all, but they they played a really, really good game and had a good game plan against Tom Brady. And that's a very formidable offense. So I'm not ready to say that they're they're gonna get a, a win for sure in Gillette, but I, I do think that going forward. I could see this team um, winning 13 games this season. I definitely could see that. Um, as to your point, Joe, it won't mean a thing unless they're playing in the conference championship. To me, whether they go to the Super Bowl, you know, that's another story. They they may, they may not. But the fact is, is that this team, I do believe, as it's currently constructed, is strong enough to play uh, in the NFC championship game. And by the way, this is also worth mentioning, and then I'll, I'll shut up. Uh the uh, the interceptions that you're seeing out of Diggs, one more interception. If he gets an interception next game, he then ties the all-time record for consecutive games to have at least one interception, and he ties the very great Tom Landry for that record. So very cool thing, and I hope he gets to have that as well and share that stage with, with the GOAT, Tom Landry. And there you go. Well, the Cowboys' schedule, like I said, is going to start getting a little tougher. You know, they have the Pats. They're going to wind up playing the Vikings, who are not not bad, bad, but they're okay. Then you go play the Broncos, who are not a half-bad team. Then you're going to wind up playing the Falcons, the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Saints. You're going to play the Washington football team, then the Giants again. Washington football team again. Then you end the season playing the red-hot Arizona Cardinals. Now that is going to be a test for the Cowboys, but... You know, these other teams, they can, any one of these teams could be trap teams. The Chiefs aren't what they were. The Falcons, same goes for them. We've seen the, the choke job that they do, you know, even going back to last season against the Cowboys. The Raiders, that's another trap game, Wesley. Oh, they should beat this team. No problem. Uh, hold on there. You know, so I could see them probably, you know, maybe losing two, two games, maybe three games, you know, to, to close out the season. But, more than likely, that's still going to put them at the top of the NFC East. They should win that division with no issue. I'm, I'm going to hope for the best, but I'm still not sold on this team yet. You know, I want to see them win a playoff game. You know, I, I've been there for the heartache. What, what happened last time against the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers? You know, that was fool's goal because I told everybody they left too much time on the clock. And sure enough, Aaron Rodgers beat us. You know, so I've been there. Done that before. You're not going to fool me again. I'm going to pump the brakes and just see what happens, but I'm going to support the team, you know? Well, even back farther with the Green Bay Packers, going back to the Des Bryant catch. Was it a catch or was it not a catch? That was a catch. It was a catch. It was damn right. Damn right it was a catch. catch. But, okay, we digress. I know. There's all these coulda, shoulda, wouldas. It's it's Cowboys world, so. Yeah, so now we're going to talk about something that me and Chelsea are very passionate about. And that's going to be boxing. Now, I got to say, in, in the modern era of boxing, you know, you always get these fights, you know, that are always hyped up. Right, Chelsea? And they never live, up to, they never yep. live up to the hype, you know? Nope. They, it's just a disappointment. So then, you know, we come to this trilogy here, you know, this storied trilogy of Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. Three. This is the end of the trilogy. You know, 
And I was like, man, this is going to be this is going to be a good match. You know, this is going to be a good boxing match. I'm, I'm thinking that this might go the distance. You know, I was excited. I was anticipating it. You know, I, I didn't even care about the other fights. I'm going to be honest. I was just like, just give me Fury Wilder. You know, that's what I'm here for. And then they both come out, you know, in their entrances and whatnot. You know, Deontay's wearing the getup with the mask and everything. This time it was a little lighter. So he's not going to say that it, you know, it, it got him tired because he had to wear this full on costume. Okay. I get that. All right. But and he one, had a different coach. He had a different coach. You know, <laughs> yeah. that too. And then you oh, have Fury man. coming out and the dude's dressed as a freaking Roman soldier. This guy ain't losing the fight. That's what I said right off the bat. Look at the way this dude is dressed. You know, he means business, you know, so the fight delivered, though. They get in there. They I mean, Deontay just took it to Fury round one going with he was just hitting him with massive body shots, just body shot after body shot after body shot. I think it kind of took Fury by surprise. He wasn't expecting that. I think he wanted to, you know, he was expecting that Deontay was just going to go and, and ride out, just go toe to toe with him in boxing. You know, unfortunately for Deontay, Fury has the upper hand, but Deontay was very smart, I thought, in what his uh, strategy was, going for the body, using some of his quickness, you know, and he, Deontay has some power too, so lo and behold, you know, the fight wanes on and man, he drops Fury. I'm like, oh man, I wasn't expecting that, but then he gets back up and then it's just going back and forth, you know, he dropped, Deont uh, Fury drops Deontay Wilder, you know. And I was like, I mean, this was just so exciting to watch. I mean, both fighters were just leaving it out there and they were both gassed. And I don't even know how they made it to 11 rounds other than just to say it was just pure heart. Neither one of them wanted to give up, you know. But at the end of the day, Fury was just a little too much for Wilder to, to overcome. And he just got the KO, you know, and you felt bad for the guy. I mean, he really... Gave it his best shot. I mean, he put it all out there. You cannot say anything but good things and just, you know, nothing but respect for, for what Deontay Wilder was able to do. And they delivered one of the best fights of the year. If not, this had to be the fight of the year. And as far as greatest fights up there, you know, trilogies, it's got to be in your top five. And then to learn that, you know, Deontay Wilder was still continuing to fight even though he had a broken hand. And I have a buddy of mine who's had that same bone broken, and he says it hurts like all hell, you know, and he continued to fight. And you could see that it was bothering him because he kept tugging at that hand, you know, and everybody, even the announcers made a, a comment, something, I wonder what's wrong with this hand. I wonder if he broke his hand. And sure enough, you know, he broke his hand, but I loved it. I mean, this fight delivered. You got your money's worth on this one. Uh, Chelsea, what did you think about this fight? I mean, how excited were you? I was so stoked. So I think if you've seen the first and second fight to this, then you were expecting the third one. You really didn't know. It, it's so hard to tell, especially when it comes in a, to fighting. You, It's so hard to make predictions because anything can happen, right? Um, everybody, I think, for Wilder was expecting him to throw that right hand and knock out Fury at some point. Um, Fury is very quick and quick on his feet. They just, and he's just so strong. I mean, he was what, 40 pounds heavier and he's almost seven feet tall. Like it, he's a freaking giant out there. It, it's insane. They're, they were both the heaviest in their careers that they had ever been. So the knockout power is what I think everybody was expecting. But if you've seen the first and second fight, this third fight completely delivered and it was like a mix of the first two. So you did see Fury go down. 
um, which happened twice in the first fight in, you know, between them in the ninth and 12th round between Fury and Wilder. And then in the second fight between Fury and Wilder, um, Wilder almost seemed to have gotten gassed, especially more in that fourth and fifth round. He really seemed to get more tired. Um, and then eventually got TKO'd in the seventh round, or I should, I should say his corner threw in the towel, but it was eventually a TKO. So in this third fight, that's kind of what was what it was looking at. I like the strategy of Wilder coming out, throwing those body shots, because you didn't see that at all in the second fight. Um, however, I feel like throwing too many fi- uh, body shots, just coming out so aggressive, ended up making him fatigued halfway through that fight. And it almost looked as if uh, Fury ended up kind of getting that second win more in the fifth and sixth round. That's what I noticed, that he really started to kind of get more energy. Um, And, I mean, it was just... I just love the fact that they were going back and forth with each other, throwing those hands. Um, Fury obviously got dropped, but then Wilder got dropped a couple times, and then man towards what the ninth I would say in 10th round I really thought it was going to end but you you were right Joe Wilder gained so much respect I think in this fight because after that second one after that second fight so many people were like dude you have so many excuses you're going to blame your headdress that you're the one that decided to wear it Um, you're going to blame that you're going to blame the fact that your coach assistant coach whatever threw in the towel like you're going to have so many of these excuses. Fine. Okay. Let's see what happens in this third fight. And he comes out and he really did. He gave everything in that ring. And by far to me, one of the best heavyweight fights I've ever seen. And that goes from um, mixed martial arts and boxing. And and I have to say that from my generation, you know, I, I wasn't around during the Ollie uh, fighting era. I've heard from my dad. I've watched it on, you know, YouTube, but being able to see it in person and be up in the hype and all of that, it was one of the greatest nights I've had in a really long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a two beer night for Chelsea. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Wesley, I don't know if you caught the fight or night or not, but what did you think about it? Well, again, I, I'm going to steal a Chris dualism here. Um, Chris Duel always says that it's hard to beat any opponent three times in, in anything. It doesn't matter what it is, but you got to have props to Fury. Cause I mean, in a trilogy, you figure you're going to get at least one of those Wilder's going to win, you know, because he is, he is such a good fighter. He's and you know, he proved to be very courageous in this third fight. You know, the broken hand alone, I, you know, if, if I've got a hangnail, I I'm, I'm, you know, I'm out, you know, and this guy's got a broken hand and it's the, the pain you must feel when you're, you know, trying to punch somebody and have the force and the weight behind that as a heavyweight boxer. is just, I mean, that's, that's unreal. Um, you know, I, I think it was very exciting. I got to admit, it was pretty hyped up to see Fury go down. I know. And I know Chelsea, like you said, it, it happened the first fight too, but you kind of forget that because the second fight was just so anticlimactic. It was just, I hate to say the second fight was a disappointment, but it was. It was the second fight was not the hype that we thought maybe you would see after that first one. Um, but no, both fighters. I mean, you almost want to see them have another one at some point. I know it's, I know they've had three and it's kind of like, okay, let's move on. But I, I just kept thinking to myself watching this fight that it was like, you know, kind of to what Chelsea had said, you know, you, you have to feel that this was the modern day Ali Frazier you know, kind of fight where uh, I just thought and just 
personally, I, I wanted Wilder to win. I, I just, I, I like the, I like the underdog. I, you know, I just, that's been me my whole life and anything I ever do. And, and I, I just like that story. I like that idea of the person who overcomes to try to, to earn that, you know, that recognition, that title. And, and to me, that's Wilder. Um, and so when he, when he knocked down Fury, I'm not going to lie. I, I kept thinking, this is it. He's about to accomplish this. Um, but then to see them both, you know, so tired, just giving everything they had, you know, go all the way into the 11th. I mean, it was, like you said, a really good fight, and, and and to compare it to the to the longstanding greatest rivalry of all time between Frazier and Ali, you know, the, the only thing that's different about that is back then those guys, you know, the way that Ali talked down to Frazier was so immense. I mean, it was just so, and I know they, they all do. Fighters do that. MMA fighters do that. Everybody does that to try to get in your head and also to promote, but. I'll never forget, you know, watching, you know, the replays of those fights and watching Frazier overcome and, and actually, you know, finally get over the top and win one that it, you figured that was going to be Wilder. And I was hoping for that outcome. But nonetheless, you know, I, I I'm just glad that we get to have meaningful boxing because, because let's be honest, Chelsea, it's been a long time. And there's been some good time. There's been a lot of good boxers and we've had hyped up matches to Joe's point you know, in, in lots of divisions, but it's not lived up to the billing until now. So it's nice to have this again. It's nice to have boxing be in the forefront, especially for heavyweights, right? I mean, it's been a really long time to see heavyweight boxing live up to the hype that it has. I mean, we've seen, we see Canelo, we see triple G and Manny Pacquiao, but heavyweights are just different. I mean, it's honestly, I think what brought boxing to the forefront back in the 70s and and 80s right is because you have these big guys duking it out in the ring and everybody's like whoa holy shit what the hell's going on you know and it kind of to me it kind of fizzled out a little bit um but man this really just brought boxing i think back up to where now people you can't really say boxing is dead right i i just don't think that's an argument anymore yeah boxing's back it's exciting to watch now you know and I look forward to seeing some of the other uh, matches that are going to be coming up. I believe we have Canelo's fight is going to be coming up in in in, in November. Um, I believe it was November the seventh. I want to say uh, is the is the next fight for Canelo. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to me. You know, he hasn't fought in quite some time, and I'm sure the hype surrounding this this next uh, match with Canelo is going to be at an all time high. You know, and he can thank the Wilder Fury for for people bringing you know for bringing those eyes back onto boxing because for the longest time everybody was just always talking about you know ufc and what ufc is doing and what ufc is doing and now boxing is starting to get its act together and put on some matches that the fans are really wanting to see you know so to me this was exciting and i've always wanted to say this and and i just because i've been a big boxing fan over over a long period of time since i was just a little kid um you know, I like MMA a whole bunch. I, I'm all about, you know, um, mixed martial arts. But the same thing is to be said here is that anybody who says that that has been the one thing that's more exciting, it's quick strike. We know it. It's two, three rounds, three round, five round at most, you know, matches. But that's what boxing at its best is, is stamina. You have to give it up for the, these guys that are going out there 
and going late rounds and just trading blows. And that's why the heavyweight division, I think, is so big because you know how, how much pressure is going into each one of those punches that they're throwing into the body or throwing into their head. It's, it's insane. And, and so, I, you know, I know it's a different type of fighting, but I hope that people really will start to appreciate boxing again. Yeah, I think they will. I think they're going to wind up appreciating just the sport in general. You know, <clears throat> if you if you love combat sports, I mean, you want boxing to do well as, you know, you want UFC to do well. And I got to say another thing that I watched, too, as I was watching this uh, Wilder Fury fight, I was watching the bare knuckle fights. So one of my buddies paid like 50 bucks for the whole year. You get to see the whole pay all the pay-per-views that they have on the bare knuckle fighting uh, app, you know. Uh, for 50 bucks and let me tell you these guys and gals they go at it you talk about putting on a show i'm like and the, the they're smaller rounds you know i think they were like three rounds or something like that but man the, they're three rounds and i believe that they're shorter rounds um but i mean the guys and the guys and the gals man they they their faces look like hamburger meat and like i mean there's just some gruesome gruesome injuries that they get i mean the welts and it, this one girl she she got just pummeled man and she had this ball just popping out of her forehead i mean it's just brutal i'm sure chelsea would you know this is right up chelsea's alley have you seen that? i love i love bare knuckle like boxing i love it i just i don't know to me it to me it reminds me of like uh you know the gladiator days and yeah, yeah. <laughs> being at the coliseum and watching these fights i don't know why i have to be like a caveman like that but that's just how i'm wired that's just who i am as a person i've always been into those kind of fighting i watch street fights on youtube all the time there's one um league called defend no defend league or something like that and it's based out of like eastern europe and they're outside in like the oh grass. i saw I've that seen them fight in snow i've yeah. seen them fight in the rain and it's like they all different kinds of fighters from all you know, walks of life will fight each other outside. And it's just like, I like it. Because to me, it's just, how far can you go? Like what Wesley was saying, it's stamina, right? I mean, how far are, can you really go? And um, how much of a dog are you? I don't know. I just, I enjoy that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Chelsea, would you would you do a bare knuckle fight? Would you would you get take so on a bare I will knuckle say, fight? Oh, <laughs> I will say this. I've always wanted to learn boxing as a sport, right? Um, I just recently got into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so I do that a couple times a week, and I don't know if I would ever actually compete, but I just know that if I were to ever have to be in that situation, I am going to the death. Like, I am <laughs> going to fight my way to win <laughs> because I'm all about winning. Awesome. So I'm going to I'm gonna go all the way. Right. You're not going to see me give up. I'm not going to tap out. Like, I will keep going. There you go. That's our girl. That's, that's our girl. <laughs> She's not going to give up. She's not going to give up. <laughs> but you know what? Now we got to come up with a cool nickname for Chelsea Wesley. We got to put it out to the group. Oh, yeah. What would give her me a fighting cool name. name? What would her fighting name be? You know? And let's get her a sponsor. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm all for this. Can would would you be my sponsor, Wes? I mean, you're Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. And and, and my and, alma mater? Oh, no, until, until you get one of those like balls on your head like that then i'm gonna be like this uh okay turn it around not looking at you 
the cool thing though with Wesley though is that you you can already have a band like you know come out and just play the music for you as you're you're walking down the aisle. Oh my so, gosh, that is amazing! So be like the Pied Piper right there. There you go. There you go. go. <laughs> I know where you know Madison or whatever. I don't know if I'd be able to wear it at school, but it's my alma mater, so <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> there you go. So let's go ahead and transition here, and, and as we start bringing this show to a close, let's go ahead and talk about. The Texas Sports Hall of Fame class of 2022. Uh, this is something I saw that they put out, uh, I guess, later in the day today on social media. And what caught my eye is the nominees that they have this year. You know, and two of them are former Spurs players. You have Manu Ginobili. You have Tony Parker. You know, and then you're looking down the list here and I'm like, Robert Griffin III, Chris Bosh, Michael Strahan. I'm like. This is a pretty good class. You know, the other nominees or the inductees, should I say, are also going to be Bob Beeman. We have Carly Patterson Caldwell, Mike Renfro, and Su- Susie Snyder's Eppers. They are all going to be inducted into the 2022 class of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. How cool is that that we're going to get Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker? Now I believe they're going to join the ranks of Tim Duncan, who's already in there. You know, so there you go. The big three are now going to be part of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. What did you think about this, Wesley? Yeah, listen, I mean, that Texas Sports Hall of Fame is is nothing to sneeze at. That is some incredible, incredible athletes over all these years. And it, it's, I think it's so cool that you got Tony and Monty going in at the same time. You know, to be honest... Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't, I don't know if I would have expected it to happen, you know, this soon. Uh, maybe, and, and that may, I don't want to downgrade them as players because we know what they are. They're Hall of Famers, you know, certainly going to be Hall of Famers. But the fact is, is that it's nice that Texas, you know, Sports Hall of Fame recognizes their contributions to this great state, to this great city. And not only that, but like of all those names that you, that you said, Mel Rimfro, and you're talking, you know, uh, RG3, you're talking about Chris Bosch. So many great players, so many affiliations, either with high school, either with, you know, college, um, you know, just, you know, I- incredible, just incredible athletes, you know, um, the ladies, the, the gentlemen, all of them that are going into this class. And, and I, I, it's, it's fun to see this. I mean, it's, this is the, this is what sports is all about, right? Is that you? You enjoy watching your your favorite players play um, at every level, and then to get a chance to see them at the end of the day um, get get honored for the accomplishments that they've had. Because let's be honest, sports are selfless activities, and they should be. It's always about doing things to help your team, and anything else that you get along the way is just kind of gravy. So the fact of the matter is that these guys have worked their their rear ends off. These these, uh, you know, wonderful ladies and gentlemen have worked so hard um, to see it get rewarded is pretty awesome. Yeah. So, Chelsea, I mean, what did you think of this announcement of both Manu and Tony being inducted into the 2022 class of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame? Well, I have to agree with you guys. I mean, well, as a Spurs fan, as a Texan, you know, homegrown Texan, it's cool to see them 
get into something like this to be recognized because um, they're obviously not from here, right? But they've done so much for San Antonio fans, for the state of Texas, and they've given back not only to us as fans, but to the community. And it's cool that, you know, we get to give back to them in a sense um, and honor them this way for indefinitely. I think it's really interesting, though, because you think about it from their standpoint, right? When would they ever be in the same room as... Chris Bosch, uh, Susie Snipers, uh, who else was there? Mike Renfro. I mean, when will they ever be in the same room as all of these people? And it's just cool to see them, you know, with a former gymnast, with somebody who, RG3, who had such a great tenure at Baylor. Also with Susie, great tenure with basketball. It's just, it's really cool. It's it's cool to see, like Wesley said, all different kinds of sports, but then all level of sports come together and be honored this way. I just, I love things like this. I love being able to say, yeah, you know, I mean, they're recognized as a Texan, right? I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and transition real quick, you know, after talking about the inductees going into the 2022 class of the Texas, uh, you know, Hall of Sports Hall of Fame. We're going to talk a little bit about MLB baseball. To go ahead and end this show. And the Houston Astros defeated the Chicago White Sox today by a final score of 10 to 1. The Astros are moving on. You know, uh, they went ahead. They wind up beating the, the White Sox 3 to 1. So now they're going to wind up facing my team, which is the Boston Red Sox. Boston actually defeated the Rays uh, the other night. And... It was off a sacrifice fly, you know, to get the winning run. But I'm excited uh, that they're going to face each other. I love the Boston Red Sox. I've been a diehard Boston Red Sox fan, and I know what Wesley's about to do. I want my Red Sox to beat the cheating Houston Astros because Wesley's about to start banging on the trash can. I know you're going to bang on that trash. There you go. <laughs> go Astros. <laughs> No, come on now. I mean, I'm I am an Astros fan, but you you got you got to bang that can, baby. That's got to be the the slogan from now on. Come on, come on, Astros fans, bang that can. You know, but uh, it's gonna be a great. You know, Joe. I mean, listen, hey, that's gonna be a great series. The you know between the Sox and the and the Astros. I mean, come on, the you, ALCS. You got to say this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 gonna be a lot of fun. I, my only disappointment, if I'm just being real here, is. I still hate that we're having to watch the Giants and the Dodgers duke it out. It, it, both of those teams deserve it to be representing. I mean, in, in a different manner than that. But what do you do? I, I know that's what it is. I know that's the way it is. It was that way for the Lakers and Spurs all those years. You know, for the Bulls and the Pistons. I mean, any any organization, any state. You know, you don't always get the best two teams in the World Series. Let's be honest. But I think it looks pretty good for Houston to bang that trash can all the way to the World Series, but we'll see. No, I think it's time for the Red Sox to to get another shot, you know? They 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 had to play the wild card game, you know? They wanted up beating the dreaded Yankees, you know? And I didn't feel sorry for Yankees fans. I ain't going to lie. I was reveling. I was enjoying it because I have a lot of friends and family who are Yankees fans, and they talked a lot of trash to me early that morning before the game even started. And then by the end of the night, I was like, that little kid from The Simpsons, uh, the one that goes, ha ha, you know, <laughs> that's the way I was, you know, just talking trash back to them and say, what happened? 
You know, what happened? I thought your team was going to show up. You know, they kept on trying to tell me the bats are going to get you. The bats are going to get you from the Yankees. No, that didn't happen. So I'm really excited that the Red Sox are going back, you know. And to me, it would just complete the season if they could defeat the horrible Houston Astros, you know, the trash can bangers, you know. Uh, Chelsea, what do you think? Well, so that's, a, I, I'm actually glad that you mentioned this. I am not really an Astros fan, um, at all. I don't yes. really care for any Houston teams. Okay. But I wouldn't say I'm a Red Sox fan either. No. But I, I'm curious now about, <laughs> because, um, I did watch the game today, the Astros game while I was at work. So don't tell my boss, but, um, <laughs> I am curious when, you know, you talk about the whole cheating scandal, all of that. I feel like the Astros play on that, especially Astros fans. Like, you enjoy being the villain. So my question to you, Wesley, like, what is that like uh, as an Astros fan constantly hearing this? Oh, cheaters, cheaters. You know, I see this on Twitter all the time. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. Do you like to play off of this? I, I think it's great because yeah. think about, I mean, it's it's their old Jerry Jones, right? I mean, Jerry, no matter what, whether the Cowboys win the Super Bowl or not, they're always in the discussion because he has something, and they've always been the villain. Yeah, the Astros are kind of that in in a way, in a sense, because of this. But let's be honest. I mean, come on, who who hasn't been stealing signs in the MLB? I mean, it's just that the Astros got blatantly caught at it, and it was in such a big manner and in a big game and a big series, for that matter. Um, I. Listen, I, I think it makes it that much more cool. I know people out there will just say, I can never root for that. You're rooting for a cheater, blah, 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 blah. And my answer to that question is, come on, get over it. Suck it. You, you know. <laughs> get over it. Tom Brady's the goat and he deflated footballs, didn't he? Uh-huh. Bill Tell Belichick had Spygate three or four times. Come on, let's go. If you you're know, not Astros, cheating, you're not yeah. trying. That's right. Thank you, Joe. You stole the words right out of my mouth, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. We if, should get t-shirts made with that. If you're not cheating, you ain't trying. And with the banging on the trash can, you know? We mm-hmm. got to make one for trash Wesley. Trash cans on the back. Yep, there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's just for Wesley. So we're going to go ahead and bring the show to a close. You know, hopefully the Red Sox win in the ALCS. I know I'm rooting for them. You know, our good friend Rudy Campos Jr. is a San Francisco Giants fan. He's been a diehard. He's been there when since they've been in the doldrums, you know? And now they're facing the the Dodgers right now they're in the bottom of the second the game just got underway Dodgers are beating the Giants 1-0 I mean yeah the the Dodgers are beating the Giants 1-0 and the Giants actually lead the series 2-1 so if they get the the dub tonight that means that they're moving on you know so hopefully they can because you know I'm rooting for my friend Rudy uh to go ahead and have his time you know for his Giants to shine because Right now, there's talks that they could be one of the teams that's going to be in the World Series. So they're that good. So it's about time that Rudy gets some respect on his his San Francisco Giants, you know. So I was like making fun of him with that. But okay, as we go ahead and bring the, the show to a close here, where can they follow you guys on social media? We'll start with you, Chelsea. Um, let's see. Twitter is Chelsea Torres TV. Instagram. Yes, I'm Chelsea. I get on those a lot. Twitter, you're going to find me talking about a lot of random stuff like cutting grass and um, skating, boxing. <laughs> you know, I've found a real affinity for having a nice yard. And so I was thinking about that a lot today. I don't know why. Um, but I've just noticed when I go back on some of my tweets, I talk about 
mowing lawns. So anyways, um, yes, that sports and some news, you might find some news on there, but those are the two that I'm always on. So now we just need to get you a dad hat, you know, and you can start working on that dad bot. (laughs) I (laughs) really, no, 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 we're not working on any dad bot, but (laughs) what I really want to invest in is a riding lawnmower. That's like, for some reason, one day that's going to be my, like when I get a riding lawnmower, then I know I have officially made it. That's how I feel. You got to have a cup holder in that thing. You know, oh, so absolutely. You can be drinking that's and you whole, can be cutting grass. Yes. That's the whole goal is I want to be able to cut my grass while drinking a beer or my chocolate milk or I don't know, you know, something. It just makes more sense. No, you got to drink beer. My grass a lot more satisfying. You got to drink okay. beer when you're cutting grass. Fair enough. I can do that. Easy. There you go. So, Wesley, where can they follow you on social media? At Wesley Perk on Twitter. I have no idea what my Instagram handle is. I have an Instagram, but I don't think I ever use it. So, But, yeah, at, uh, at Wesley Perk on, on Twitter. I, you know, we were talking last weekend uh, about uh, some of the great college football that's going on. How about the UTSA Roadrunners, now 6-0? and um, Your uh, UT Longhorns uh, blew a 28-7 to lead against the OU um, Sooners and, and lost that game. My beloved Texas Tech Raiders got blown out yet again. So, but nonetheless, college football is is the greatest sport, literally, because the, and Aggies beat Bama. Wesley, you forgot Aggies that. Bama, yeah. Thank you. So, it, I have to mention this real quick. Don Harris said, and I, I thought this is really something kind of funny. Don Harris says, "Okay, so UTSA beat Memphis, right? Memphis beat Mississippi State, who beat Texas A and M." Who beat Alabama? So that means UTSA should be number one, right? No, oh my. I said Just that saying. too. I, that's not a no. bad point. <laughs> no, it's like um, that six anyway, degrees no. of Kevin Bacon kind of thing. <laughs> Chelsea, I'll have you know, I mowed my lawn yesterday and I cursed the whole time because <laughs> if I wasn't finding every anthill to step in and doing Lord of the Dance by doing it, um, the mower was getting choked by the. Um, not so manicured lawn that was being mowed. So I, yeah, I too sympathize and I want to write a lot more, but mostly I want one just so I don't get it bit by all the ants. There you go. So maybe we can go ahead and uh, get you a writing lawnmower. If you just let us know what your only fans is, uh, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wesley, share it. Yeah, we, we make fun of Rudy, too, because I tell Rudy, because Rudy, I tell him, hey, let everybody know where they can follow you on social media. And Rudy says, well, my OnlyFans is, I'm like, he doesn't have an OnlyFans. He's just kidding, you know. But we, now I like to make fun of everybody when I when we're signing off. What's your OnlyFans, Wesley? <laughs> so you I, can I probably still have a MySpace out there somewhere. Oh, you know? God, dude. Yes. MySpace. They need to bring it back. They need to bring it back. I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm pretty tired of Facebook already. I'm going to be honest with you. Bring back MySpace. I want to see Tom again, you know? <laughs> so you can follow me on social media at Two Shots Podcast. And it's all spelled out, T-W-O, Two Shots Podcast. And we can go ahead and talk about anything going on in the world of sports, not just San Antonio Spurs basketball. So we can talk MLB playoffs. We can talk boxing, UFC. You know, we can talk a little bit about the Cowboys, NFL talk, if you want to. Anything, you know? And we also like to dive into a little bit of geek talk. So if there's something that you recommend that we all watch, you know, let us know. We're, we like to watch Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, and anything else that's out there. So give us some recommendations of, of some new shows that we can watch. So for Chelsea Torres and Wesley Perkins, I'm Joe Garcia. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind, we're out, peace.